It's been a long week, and I thought maybe I'd just sit down today, uh, if that's all right with you. Um, obviously, for the past, um, what, uh, well, since September, um, I've been talking a lot about service. And I've been talking about uh, largely from a volunteer perspective. And it, it occurred to me that for me to talk to you about the importance of volunteering Obviously, that's important, but I realized I'm the only one who gets paid to be here. And I'm talking to you about serving without getting paid to be here. And as I thought about um, how privileged we are to have so many, many people who give on so many different levels to enable us to um, do all that we do, I realize, I, I wish, and, and maybe over time, we can find a way to honor each and every one of you. Um, but it occurred to me that it might be helpful to spend a little bit of time uh, in one of our services just having one person share a little bit of their story about how they went from attending to serving and, and how, what that journey looked like for them. And so I asked, and I realized from time to time, just because of the, the unique blessings that come with certain areas of service, um, I realized during the course of the past year, on several occasions, perhaps more than several, um, I have used Damien as an example. And uh, since it's Veterans Day, um, I thought, who better to talk about serving on the front lines um, than a military veteran, but also a service veteran. Uh, and again, if you picture our, would all the students who are in the third through fifth grade class, would you stand? <laughs> now, I love you guys, and I think you're all awesome, all right? But if you look at these young men, uh, and you picture locking them all in the same room uh, for an hour's time, uh, that's serving on the front line, all right? <laughs> and, and so I thought, how appropriate for us to hear from somebody who serves on that front line. Guys, you can have a seat, and Damien, if you want to come up and join me up here, that would be awesome. I thought there were going to be multiple interviews. I didn't know I was going to be the only one. <laughs> Damien, I'm, I'm sure in your career in the military there were times that information was need to know only. Uh, correct? <laughs> All right. Um, I know that Chris is not particularly sorry here. I know that Chris is not particularly fond of uh, being up here. Uh, <laughs> But I wanted her right where Damien could see her to keep him honest, all right? <laughs> so, and obviously, Damien's a little bit to your back. If you guys don't like the, the profile you have of Damien, there are plenty of chairs over here so that you can see his uh, smiling face. And if you'll notice, I'm conveniently out of reach. Uh, uh, so, uh, Damien, what I would like to have you start with is uh, tell us a little bit about um, your experience as a young person going to church. I grew up in a Christian home. We uh, predominantly, 
uh, attended church Sunday morning, Sunday school, Sunday evening, Wednesday evening, involved in youth group, and uh, all through high school, it was predominantly at First Baptist Church here in Albion. As you as you got older, I'm, or let's let's back up. And when you were in the the third through fifth grade age range, uh, what kind of a, a student were you? Typical boy. <laughs> <laughs> um, I remember memory verses were pretty important, memorizing the books of the Bible for our Sunday school teachers, uh, whether it was the music or whatever, but uh, there always seemed to be incentives, and sometimes it was hard to stay focused or what have you, but uh, it was it was pretty regimented. It wasn't as loose as maybe the Sunday school classes that me and Bill work in. <laughs> Uh, we're not going to go there any further. Um, <laughs> as you got older in youth group, uh, were you involved in, in youth group type, type activities? Yep, we went to, uh, played softball. There's a softball league for uh, the youth and or young men or women at First Baptist. Uh, Wednesdays were pretty big for youth group at that time, and then every summer was... Uh, vacation Bible school, but it was at a church camp for like a whole week where you're just hanging out with other teenagers. Okay. Would you characterize yourself in that season? Were you a leader in your youth group? By no means. I was really, I was always pretty quiet, and um, it wasn't until after I went in the military <laughs> that I ever, I think, become more opinionated or want to be involved more. Okay, all right. Um, as you were growing up in the church, did you ever give any thought to where you might serve in the church someday? None. Never on the radar at all? I, you didn't grow up thinking that you were going to live and breathe to be a Sunday school teacher? <laughs> not, not at all. Uh, I was thinking more of careers and college and things like that. Okay. Let's, let's fast forward uh, a little bit about your current current life situation, family, uh, where you work, uh, what do you do with all your free time. Um, so obviously, how long have you and Chris been married? Whew. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't warn you about that question. We've been married since 96. Is that right, Chris? All right. All right. You remember the day? Yes. Okay. April eleventh, thirteenth. Hey, more than two shots. Uh, I'm right. trying to help the other guys out here. <laughs> uh, and and how old are the girls? Ten and eight. Ten and eight. Yeah. All right. Um, where do you work? I work for an engineering consulting firm in Ann Arbor. In Ann Arbor. So that means you go to Ann Arbor every day. Yep. Um, Approximately how many hours a week do you work? 55 hours a week, maybe. Does that include the commute? Sometimes. Sometimes. Yep. So average 55 hours a week, including commute. I would, yes. Okay. All right. I, just more curious. I don't know that I've ever asked you that question before. Um, and then when you come home, all you do is kick off your shoes and watch TV, right? 
according to Chris, anyway. But <laughs> no, this summer it's been working on a new barn. So. Okay. So you live on a farm? Yep, live on a farm. Enjoy that and as much time as I can with the girls and family. So you spend time doing all the farm stuff, tending animals, uh, raising pigs for us to eat, uh, <laughs> right? Yeah, between doing hay in the summer and cutting wood in the winter. Okay. All right. So is it fair to say your time's pretty full? Very, yeah. Very full? All right. Um, currently, where do you serve? Wait, well, how long have you guys been coming here? Since Hannah was born. So 2002. 2002? Yep. Okay, so that's uh, 10 years? Okay. Um, where do you currently serve here at Caring Community? Uh, cleaning team. Uh, Sunday school, children's ministry, uh, vacation Bible school. Okay. Anything else? I think Friday nights. A, oh, Bible study. I, I'm more of a facilitator <laughs> with that. Uh, small group Bible study. Okay, small group Bible study. Okay. Um, have you always done that since you've been here? Uh, no, started off uh, once we started coming. I think uh, it was either Barb Densmore or Ron Owens recruited us for the cleaning team. Okay. So I got the uh, the old thirty minute regimented note card that Ron Owens has on the <laughs> on the cleaning cart um, and where everything goes. So uh, we started with that, and that was Saturday mornings, and then. Um, um, just curious for the, those who don't know, uh, when your team is on, what time do you typically come in and clean? I try to get here before the kids get up and run and like that, so 7 or something in the morning. Okay. On right. Saturdays. And, and typically when, uh, obviously I know some of this stuff, but I, typically your role on your team is to do what? Clean the latrines. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good at it. <laughs> now, did, did they assign that to you, or did you just take that role on? I took it on. Okay. Fairly straightforward, and I don't have to put the chairs, dress right dress up here and under your inspection, so. <laughs> well, I do inspect your work in there as well. But, and, and you do a fine job, and I appreciate it immensely. Uh, did you receive any specialized training in cleaning latrines? That in the military. <laughs> <laughs> and Ron Owens. <laughs> and now the important question, do you clean, clean the latrine at home? Not as often as I should. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Just just check it. All right, so you started out uh, because somebody asked you to, to work on the cleaning team, and so you did that, and you continue to do that. Um, okay, and then what happened? Uh, then we needed help mowing, and we were on the mowing team at that time, and I think that was Ruben and I usually for a few years. Okay. And uh, fortunately, we hire that out now I believe right <laughs> yes we do okay because uh, that that d did take quite a bit of time the mowing okay um, and then I think it was Bill Carr and maybe a couple other men asked me to help them out on with a Sunday school class with the children 
and young adults. And while I didn't feel too comfortable because I didn't think I knew enough about the Bible to be an authority, so to speak, um, I figured uh, if I got Bill in there to lead the way, I can always follow him. I was pretty good at following, so okay, that worked out. Okay. Um, and I asked about your service here at Caring Community, but a couple years back, and we talked about it at the time, you also chose to go on a short-term mission trip. Uh, what, what prompted that to come about? Uh, I think it was, well, the earthquakes in Haiti. And for some reason, and I was on the road and going to work, and they needed a lot of heavy lifting, and there's a lot of children who were taking the brunt of it because you have many, many children without parents, and then you have all that devastation. I, it just, the Lord was calling me, and uh, you hooked me up with a church in Grand Rapids, and uh, that was a, a real blessing, and for 10 days we helped a local church school rebuild their, okay. their school. Okay. Um, you said the Lord was was making it clear to you you needed to do that. How did that happen? It isn't like just a big revelation and all of a sudden, you know, he's showing up in my windshield while I'm driving <laughs> to work. It would be <clears> easier <throat> sometimes if he'd do that, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, sometimes he does that too. Uh, uh, you just feel something there. I feel some, felt something tugging at my heart and um, felt like I need to look into something a little more and the more questions I asked, things sort of just kind of fell into place and allowed me to go. I'm, I'm between work, working out and them accommodating that. And uh, ironically, four months before, my boss said, "Hey, we're going to—you're part of an international company. You better get your passport because you never know where you're going to have to go." Well, I had that now, so that kind of freed things up for me there. Okay. Uh, things just kind of fell into place, and it isn't like I got to get down there. I got to get down there now. But the more I looked into it, the more God just kind of opened the doors for me and kind of showed me, directed me down there. Okay. Um, I'm bouncing around on you, but going back to teaching, um, did you receive any specialized training to to help in the classroom? Uh, definitely not initially. Okay. Uh, you and I went to a couple different training sessions in Grand Rapids or something okay. um, on a couple Saturdays, and that helped understand the importance, I think, and how much time actually goes into it and what what catches young adults' attentions and like that, and just seeing, if nothing else, how other churches... other churches, children's ministries, and what works for them. Okay. On a typical week, um, how much time would you say you spend preparing for your class? Not enough. Uh, <laughs> maybe three hours. Okay. All right. That's in addition to working and cleaning the train and feeding your hay burners. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yep. Okay. Um, and again, I think I've referenced this before, but uh, one of the things that, that impressed me about, about Damien, and not to say doesn't impress me about some of the others of you, but um, it was a few years back, and Damien contacted me, and he said, you know, I'm glad to teach, 
but is there any chance we could find curriculum that might be more engaging? Uh, and it wasn't, he wasn't just content to come in, open the book, and teach a lesson. He wanted to maximize that impact, uh, so he challenged me uh, uh, to, to find something different and worked with me in that process. Uh, I, I wanted to tell the story because uh, motivation to do the best you can is, is what sets us apart when we serve. And uh, I, had, I had put it out there that uh, there was a training opportunity in Grand Rapids and, and opened it up to anybody who was interested. Damien, as it turned out, was the only one who said he wanted to go. It was fairly, I mean, we had to be in Grand Rapids by probably 9 o'clock. Typically those things start. Uh, and it was teaching you how to teach in a more engaging fashion. And, I mean, Damien's an early riser. Um, I'm not, so we compromised, and, and we arranged to meet here at the church in order to leave in time to get there with a little bit of time to spare. Uh, and as Damien was walking up to greet me at the front door, because I was here ready and waiting, uh, uh, he slipped, and he tore a hole in his pants. And now, we had, we had several options right then. Um, one option, which I voted for, was for him to go with a hole in his pants and a little blood from skin in his knee. Uh, the other option would be to say, you know what, this is too much hassle, we're not going to go. The option that we ended up taking by Damien's initiative was he raced home, changed his pants, raced back, and we were still to Grand Rapids on time. Uh, and that just... That was significant, that he was open to getting the training and motivated to have it happen. I'm curious, Damon, we, we've talked about, um, we didn't talk about your path in serving as a small group leader. How did that come about? Uh, Reeves invited us, and okay. um, Rubio's and Neggies and, <coughs> excuse me, Hobuses and the usual suspects that are there on Friday evenings. Okay. They, uh, Tom was facilitating it, and I think Tom was pretty busy, just like we all are. And <coughs> excuse me. Need a drink? Uh, I, yeah, I'll take one. <coughs> but uh, excuse me, that was loud. Sorry. So I just said, sure, J I'll just fill Just water, in. Kathleen. <laughs> Coffee. <laughs> <laughs> so again, that door just kind of opened up, and... While I don't think I really lead the discussion, <coughs> I help facilitate it. And uh, with a great group of people, uh, everybody just always seems to be prepared. And whether it's Jay or Reuben, understanding what chapter we're in of the book of the Bible and trying to facilitate songs for that. And we have guitars, music. It's pretty, it's pretty fun. And the cool thing about that is our children get to see us studying the Bible and uh, while they may be downstairs or wherever arguing or fighting or crying <laughs> the, the fact that we're setting an example for them while we were not perfect we're trying to get there and um, I think that's that's one of the reasons why I do that it's interesting that you say that because they're downstairs arguing fighting and crying and they hear you guys upstairs arguing fighting and crying and uh, just kind of <laughs> Depending on what the subject is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
So, Damien, we've talked about several things, but I want to I zero in. Cleaning team, uh, small group, and, and teaching. Uh, with, I mean, by teaching, obviously, oftentimes, Damien, um, because as Chris would quickly testify, if you don't know Damien well, you may not understand. Damien is really a big kid. And, and so, obviously, he often serves as our game coordinator at VBS, and uh, it does definitely make it interesting there. But so we'll talk about children's ministry, we'll talk about uh, small group, and we'll talk about uh, cleaning team. Why? Why do you choose to serve on the cleaning team? Because there's a need there. Okay. All right. Why small group? Uh, I enjoy the interaction. It helps me learn more about the Bible. And at the end of the week, our Bible studies are on Fridays. It helps me recharge and refocus my, myself with all the distractions from work, which I seem to allow to come in. Okay. All right. And, and why the children's ministry? Because uh, it's a blessing. <laughs> it's... There's no expectations that the children have. Us as adults think that we always have to, or I do, <clears throat> have my A game going and make sure I don't let people down. And there just seems to be a... Children don't have that expectation. If things don't go perfect, then it's a waste of time because a lot of times they don't necessarily even have expectations other than Mr. Wetzel or Mr. Carr are going to be there. And, you know, life is simple, and, and, and that's, that's precious. And uh, it's refreshing to, to discuss what's going on in their lives and how the Lord's working with them, whether they know it or not, uh, because us as teachers, we get the real benefit out of that. How do you feel God has prepared you uh, for serving in the ways you do? I think it started with my parents. Okay. Uh, while I didn't know it at the time, uh, their perseverance was making sure we were in the presence of church, or at least involved, uh, I think was a lot to do with it. Uh, a good friend of mine last week told me uh, he saw a sign uh, in a small church as he passed by, and he said, that which we tolerate, our children will embrace. And um, that was, there's a lot of accountability for me because <laughs> I'm far from perfect and, and I can see things that are, I things that I do that are inappropriate that my children do or whatever, just attitudes and like that. And um, that was a good reminder for me to make sure I'm, Tone the line. Okay. Um, in terms of return on the investment, what does it cost you to serve, and what do you feel you get in return? As far as cost, I would say time. But what we get in return is, um, when I say we, because it costs me my family time sometimes. Mm -hmm. uh, and my daughters still compete for my time, to include my wife. Um, and sometimes I stretch myself thin, and you're always accommodating to 
find somebody else to fill in. But uh, the reward is knowing that in some way God used me to bring people to Christ. And baptism last month was what it's all about, period. Amen. Amen. You bet. And obviously, Damien has been up here, but I, I appreciate what he said. And, and Chris, this is a, as, as much an acknowledgement of your willingness to support him and, and partner with him in that investment. Um, obviously, there are times because of Damien's commitment to be here early, uh, it means they drive two cars to church. And, and some of you are never in that situation, but some of you understand that you know, that's just one more price that you pay of not having that, that joy of, of driving together and, and going home together. And so before I let Damien sit down, um, I just asked a couple people who are influenced or who, who are touched by some of what Damien does. We're not going to have anybody share about how much they enjoy the clean toilets. But um, uh, one, of the, one of the things with regard to the teaching, and, and some of you noticed this, but um, we have a number of young men in Damien's class who's, uh, f for a multitude of reasons, whose fathers are not as active and involved in their lives as they might like it to be and so I think it's it's really a thing of God that in that class we just happen to have uh, a lot of men who who teach and I, I think that's something that God uh, has a hand in and I think it's pretty awesome so I just asked a couple people so uh, I'm going to grab a different microphone and go to them and you stay put we up with this one you're awesome all right um, I have two boys that have both been in Damien's class, and the impact that he's made in their life has been tremendous. Um, Damien doesn't just stop in church. He has been a part of my boy's life outside of church, taken them to events. Uh, he stepped in for the baptism, which was a blessing to them and a blessing to me as a mom. Um, I have prayed for several years. My kids haven't seen their dad in five years. And it was very important to me that God brings somebody into their life to show them an example of what a godly man looks like. And um, in this church, he's brought several into their lives. And Damien, you're one of heaven's rock stars. <laughs> you, you've made a huge impact in their lives and mine. Thank you. Darren is my one and only son. He's my world. Um, and he's not also seen his father in at least five years. And last week, or last month at the baptism ceremony, and he'd kind of talked about it a little bit, and we'd had discussions and things. And, you know, he sat here and watched the whole ceremony and everything. And then all of a sudden, you know, when pastor's like, does anybody else change your mind? Anybody having that feeling? And he didn't kind of nudge me a little bit. And we started singing, and he's like, Mom. Mom, God's telling me it's time. I said, time for what? He said, Mom, I need to do this. God is, telling me, God is telling me it's time. And who am I to say no? So he went and he found Pastor, and Damien stepped right up. And you, you know, like Regina said, you know, the godly man that I want Darren to be. Um, I'm a mom. I can do the best that I can with him. But I'm not a dad. And 
to have Damien and other men in this church to be able to step up and show my son what it's like to be godly is just incredible, and thanks just isn't enough. So thank you. I appreciate Damien for his leadership for the Bible study, and I think you kind of took that over from Tom when the, the Reeves decided to exit from Caring Community, and you've really led that. We did, what, four years on Revelation? <laughs> that was a really long-term commitment to get through the book of Revelation, and then we did some shorter stuff. But what I appreciate, even though Damien is very chill, he's really low-key as a Bible study leader. It isn't that he doesn't come prepared. He's listening to teachings. He's, a couple of weeks ago when he came, he said he'd print, printed out Calvin's 35-page treatise on one chapter in 1 Corinthians. I thought, holy cow, that's pretty heavy-hitting, you know, and he's reading this entire thing from Calvin. So, and I'm not even sure I'd agree with Calvin, but anyway, no. <laughs> and so it's clear that he's coming prepared, and he's thinking about what Scripture has to say, you know, and he has us read it together, and even though it's, it's pretty casual, and it's very comfortable, and I think that's really what it's intended to be. He leads it in a way that allows all of us to discuss, and there's no fighting or crying between the adults. Some, there's some great, well, maybe, but <laughs> there's some great discussion and some great thought process that goes into that, and I just really appreciate it that we can have men and women get together and really talk about what does the scripture mean, and what does it mean in my life? How does that apply? And even touchy things. You know, First Corinthians has got some, some difficult subjects, and we're talking about some touchy stuff. Um, but we can do it in a, a spirit of cooperation and a spirit of understanding, and you do a great job leading those discussions in spite of different personalities and you know, different people with their own, own inputs and the directions they would go, but you, you manage all of those things really well. So I appreciate that. Uh, our men's retreat this year, <clears throat> we, we studied about feedback. And uh, my intention today was to catch Damien after service and provide him some one-on-one -on -one feedback about something that I observed. And I thought this is a much more appropriate location for it. Uh, when Damien first started his class down there, uh, a bunch of young men, and uh, young men are not noted for their cleanliness or housekeeping. And be honest with you, that was the one classroom that was normally, when I cleaned, was a pigsty. <laughs> He fed well, and there was food everywhere, and wrappers, and uh, I, when I went in there yesterday, I looked around, and I'm thinking, this place doesn't need cleaning. <laughs> now, when people's lives are changing, you can observe change in a lot of different areas, not just in their spiritual life, but in their discipline in terms of maintaining the facility that they use down there. Uh, f for that, I want to tell Damien, you are having some impact on some young people. And uh, it's, it's seen in more than just one area of their life. So, uh, amen, brother. Keep it up. I'm going I'm to go ahead and stay on this one. Um, After all the, all the nice stuff um, that we've heard and that you have said, um, Damien's great, but Damien's just an ordinary guy. And if God could use Damien, 
He could use anybody. Right? Uh, it may not be in a third through fifth grade class. It may not be cleaning the latrines. Uh, but if we're open, he will use us. Sometimes we're prepared in advance. I think Army Ranger training probably helps for dealing with that class. <laughs> but you could teach that class without being a Ranger. Uh, but I, I just, I wanted us to bless Damien. But more importantly, I wanted us to all be challenged. To realize every one of us, without exception, has the opportunity as long as we live and breathe, to be used by God to change lives. We just need to be open. We just need to step out and try. And sometimes we just need to pay the price to do it and to do it better. Would you pray with me? Father, I do thank you. Uh, I thank you for Damien, uh, but more importantly, I thank you for your willingness to not only work in his life, but your willingness to work in all of our lives. And Father, I pray that those of us here will continue to work hard at being open and at discovering how it is you want to use us, how it is you want to use us, how it is you want to work through us to change lives. Father, some of us that may be in upfront ways, some of us, it may be in behind-the-scene ways. Uh, I think about the contrast of, of uh, Damien serving here by himself at 7 o'clock on a Saturday morning cleaning toilets and then teaching a classroom full of kids on Sunday or leading a Bible study with adults on a Friday. Father, that represents a full spectrum of different ways. And Father, you want to use each of us just as much as you choose to use Damien. We thank you and we praise you, Father. Amen. Okay. Uh, j just one thing. Um, I was raised in a Christian family, but once I graduated high school and I went to college 535 miles away, and then I was in the military for seven years, I, I was not a Christ follower. I was a Christian. I didn't do a very good job um, at all being a Christ follower. But my point is, is, is I'm not a great person because I came back to the Lord or anything. The Lord brought me back, and I really do think that was because of how I was raised and God was in my heart. So by no means have I... <laughs> Um, followed after the Lord, but I want everybody to realize that we all, we all fall short. We all do, and I certainly did for 12 years, and if it wasn't for meeting my wife in college, helping me graduate, <laughs> <laughs> and then helping me realize what is important and what's the right thing to do, um, I wouldn't be here today, so I really do appreciate my family. In God.
As the worship team is coming up, we're going to spend some time um, worshiping the Lord. And we've got, I, Pastor had shared with me that he was going to have Damien share some of his testimony and some of what the Lord had done in his life in terms of service. And so as I was choosing songs this week, I was looking for songs that kind of could follow that path in a sense, not that I knew specifically what Damien's path was, but the path of our Christ, Christian life. So if you look at the titles of songs, we're going to sing, Give Us Clean Hands. And to me, that song represents that coming to the Lord. And really, whether you're a Christian and you're just accepting salvation or you've walked with the Lord a long time, there are times that you need to go back and it's that time of repentance and you need to ask the Lord to cleanse you and to um, make you new in Him. So there's that give us clean hands. And then the song Heart of Worship, again, it's a song that just kind of focuses and says, Lord, let me let everything else go and let me get just straight with you. Let me make this all about you and not about all of the agenda that I would stick with whatever you would give to me. And then the third song in that set is Speak to Me, Lord, because once we've repented and once we're ready to just do business with the Lord, that's when we can hear his voice. And so those three songs are an opportunity for you guys to think about where you're at in that process and on that path, whether you've walked with the Lord a long time or a short time. It's also an opportunity for you to do business with the Lord this morning. So I'm not necessarily going to ask you to stand while we worship this morning because I want you to be comfortable to do business with the Lord. And if standing allows you to do that, then stand. If sitting allows you to do that, then sit. If you want to kneel and you want to come up to the, I guess the kneelers are off to the side. You want to kneel at the chairs, uh, <laughs> feel comfortable to do that. Whatever, um, whatever would allow you to do business with the Lord and to just think about that path. I was sharing with the worship team. I don't know how many people have read Paul Bunyan's Pilgrim's Progress. It's a wonderful allegory. The main character is a character called Christian, and he's on this journey. It's life's journey, basically. And he comes to one point in the path, and he knows where the path goes. And the problem is, is that he can see these two lions, and he's afraid to continue down the path because he doesn't want to be attacked by the lions. And he watches for a while, and eventually, after a period of time, he realizes that these two lions are on very long chains. And as long as he stays right down the middle of the path that the Lord laid out for him, the lions can't touch him. But if he goes even a little bit to the left or to the right, then the lions can reach him. And so the trick for him is to be right down that path. And that is so true. I think that's such a great word picture for us. When we're saying, speak to me, Lord, help me to understand, understand what you have for me in this life, where I'm supposed to serve. How am I supposed to be a part of your kingdom? We want to be right down that path. And if we stray to the left or the right, we need the Lord to get us right back to the center of the path. So let's go ahead and worship the Lord. <laughs> 